it used to be that we'd have to go over the red line before we like, oh, okay, that was the red line back there. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> now we can see the red line in the, in the front of us. Like, okay, we're getting close. Time to make some changes. So I think there's a wisdom that comes with years. Welcome to Marriage Talk. I'm Sheldon. And I'm Valerie. And today we have two special guests with us that we would like to introduce everyone to. They are Neil and Cheryl Josephson. Neil and Cheryl have been in marriage and family ministry since 2006, first at a large church in California and now serving as the National Directors of Family Life Canada. Prior to that, Neil was a Bible College president and Cheryl was a TV news anchor. Their passion and daily prayer is for marriages and families to be made well and whole through the love and grace of Jesus. In this episode, we're going to be talking with Neil and Cheryl about their marriage journey, the good, the struggles, and the things that they have learned along the way. Now, not only do we get to call these two our bosses, <laughs> but we also get to call them our dear friends, our mentors, and our brother and sister in Christ. Let's jump in, into things right away and say hello to Neil and Cheryl Josephson. Well, thank you, Neil and Cheryl, for joining us on Marriage Talk. We are excited to have you. Sure. Yeah. Um, and right off the hot, now we know you uh, from working with you and, and getting to talk with you at different conferences and in meetings. But maybe our listeners haven't heard you. Uh, maybe they have at different conferences, uh, the weekend getaways they've been. But some out there may not have ever heard you. So would you give us a little bit of a background of who you are? Uh, maybe how did you meet? How long you've been married? Uh, some info for our listeners. For sure. sure. Happy hey, to do that. hey, we're so glad to be on Marriage Talk. Thanks for having us. And everybody who's listening, thanks for listening. Uh, we've been married for 44 years. We met at a Christian summer camp. Yeah, Bible camp back in the day. Nice. Yes. That's our story. Great place to meet somebody. And, yeah. and that, that's where we met. And then uh, later on, we pursued our relationship uh, when Cheryl went to university. And um, there you go, 44 years ago. We have two sons. And uh, now they're both married. And we have four grandkids. And Neil, for the first half of his career, was a Bible college professor and the Bible college president. So kind of that... Christian education, theological world. I was in a whole different world. I was in television news for almost 25 years. And so our two worlds have come together in this last season of our life where we really felt called into, into marriage ministry and family ministry. And so it's almost like part one, career part one, and then career part two. And this last season has been really rich because we've been able to do this together. Mm -hmm. For the record, I always told Cheryl, we're going to teach together someday when, and she was, she wasn't buying it. Was it. She wasn't like having any part of body, it. Almost. And now we do that all yeah. the time. So uh, I think that's maybe a little bit your story, Sheldon and Valerie. And, and for people that are out there going, we have a dream, but will it ever happen? It might. <laughs> it that is awesome. And you two are such fantastic speakers yeah. and teachers. And uh, we've learned so much from you mm -hmm. personally. So, mm -hmm. yeah. It's, it's, you. We enjoy listening and learning from you too. Yeah, but honestly, it wasn't a natural fit and it wasn't a desire of my heart. Like, let's, let's go teach. It, it just really was not. Uh, <laughs> and I'm a, I'm a pretty private person too. And I think that was some of it. It's sort of like, you know what? I'm not really comfortable sharing our whole life and story and some of our junk with people 
And so it was a pride thing for me. A lot of it was a pride thing. And I had to get over that. But a lot of it was just sort of a feeling like, well, who am I to say this? But what we've learned is when you are obedient to God, when he's calling you to do something, he'll give you what you need. And actually, I we tell our whole story now, like our whole everything, it all comes out. And God seems to be pleased to use that. So it's amazing to us. I'll just say one more thing. I know you have other things Sorry. to get on to, but maybe this will encourage somebody. Podcast talking about us. Maybe this will encourage somebody. When we started, it was horrible. Oh, we were awful. It was really, really difficult. <laughs> I came from an academic background, you know, 50-minute blocks, lots of time to play with ideas and dialogue and involve students. His sentences students. were like two hours long. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, see, see the issue? I'm and, and so Cheryl comes from news where everything is like timed down to the yep. second, right? Like you got 60 seconds, seconds 90 seconds. <laughs> so that was one of the many, many, many conflicts we had. Well, so it's been fun to sort it out, but it was tough. So yeah. not everything that, that is the right thing to do necessarily means it comes easily, right? Right. right. Yeah. Oh, so. we can definitely, oh, I can definitely relate with you, Cheryl. And yeah, it's hard to, to just be very vulnerable with people yeah. and our story and the things we haven't done well, but yeah, God can use that because I think it just normalizes that, you know what, we've all got stuff mm. that we're mm. working on that we haven't done well, areas we can be growing. And so it is encouraging. Mm. And so, yeah, thanks for doing that. Yeah. One of the questions that we have that we love asking all of our uh, interviewees that we interview is this question here. And we want to start it this way with you as well. But if you could go back to a young Neil and Cheryl, now that's just a few years uh, ago. <laughs> Can we remember that far back? <laughs> but if you were to go back to a young Neil and Cheryl just starting out on their marriage journey, what would you tell them? Oh, I have the quick, the quick, easy answer. Have fun. Probably start saving money earlier. Uh, have lots of sex. I don't actually know that we could have had more sex as younger. <laughs> <laughs> wow is that is that the way you remember it <laughs> okay we have different perspectives yeah. But anyway, yeah well and actually actually this is this is a phrase that we came to live into but i would share it back to early neil and cheryl life is an adventure to be lived not a problem to be solved mm -hmm. That's a good one. it's not this this task that you have to build a marriage live the adventure particularly if you're people of faith and you see life in god's hands it's yeah. an adventure to be lived. I think I would, it, to, just to pick up on that, I would say that your life is going to, you will have many opportunities to reset, yeah. uh, recalibrate, yeah. mid-course corrections. Like, don't feel that where you are is where you're going to stay. Mm. You, there's going to be plenty of opportunities to to. Because I think early on you think this, oh my goodness, the romance is going out of our marriage. This is, it's the end of romance. And I think, you know, looking back on it now, we can say, no, they, it kind of comes and goes and there's seasons and and mm -hmm. you you have some say over some of those seasons for sure, but some of them you don't. But it, it don't panic when things sort of feel like you're not in a good place. Make some mid-course corrections and then just be patient and things yeah. come around. Yeah. I will say, though, to be fair, to be honest, our first decade of marriage was really good. Like we, I don't know that I would have a whole lot more to say to our early married just selves do because that. We, do that. we did yeah. well. I think we did really well. Our season of challenge was more in the middle, mm. um, but I think we got off to a great start, actually. I feel that way. I want to say this to you, though, and all the listeners. It is a hallmark of people that are 
reasonably happily married is when they reflect, they usually re remember the positive. <laughs> so it is you true. So, well, no, I'm just saying, you know, that's the way we <laughs> remember. But, but, you know, when, when you've gotten to a better place in your marriage, uh, we see this over and over again. When we talk to couples that are, that are better married uh, and, and happy in their marriage, they say, well, you know, tell us about a hard time. And they kind of scratch their chins and they go, yeah, I suppose there were some, you know, whereas when you talk to unhappy couples, oh man, you say, tell us about a hard time. Bam, they're there. They, they name dates. They give you times. They give you places. You know, like it is etched in their brain. Mm -hmm. And so there's something deeper to talk about there. But so I don't disagree with you, but I also want to say we're so grateful where we are in our life. Mm. Uh, I think when we look back, mostly what we remember is gratitude. Mm. Good stuff. That is awesome. And such a good kind of litmus test of where am I at, mm -hmm. right? And to to, to mm -hmm. look at that hallmark of looking back and what do I, what stands out the most? Is it the good times or is it the hard times? And okay, it is what it is. How can we change that moving mm -hmm. forward? How can we make those course corrections like you were talking about, Cheryl? And uh, yeah, because it doesn't have to stay that way. We, no. we can change, we can grow, we can learn. And that's, so Thank exciting. God. Yes. <laughs> Praise yeah. God. Yes, for Thank sure. God. <laughs> yeah. Now, a little bit earlier, you talked about how you're a private person and you go to a weekend getaway and you're kind of sharing, you're kind of unzipping and opening mm -hmm. your lives and opening your marriage and and really more so on the negative, I would say, as we share, it's like, here's where we've tripped up. Here's where we haven't done right, but here's where we've course corrected. And so if anyone wants to hear your story, we encourage to come to a weekend getaway to a family yeah. life weekend getaway to hear that because on this podcast, we're actually going to focus on the positive side of things uh, that you awesome. have done in your marriage, because both of you, as you've alluded to, have worked out of the home. You've had very high demanding careers. Uh, you mentioned you had two sons. We understand that they were in elite athletics. And so that would create some time barriers in the marriage. But there have been things that you've done really, really well that you even alluded to where you said, I don't think we would change a lot because of the good seasons we've had. And those are the things you're remembering. So we want to we want to unpack that a little bit as much as I would love to unpack those other, maybe the middle years with you on here today. Let's unpack those, those good years and, and help uh, all of us maybe move our marriages into those good years and stay there as well. But what have been then some key things that have helped you to be successful in your marriage? Mm -hmm. The thing that came to me when I read that question uh, that you guys sent me, the first thing that came to my mind was, I have always wanted us to be happy. I've always had this image of us, you know, growing old together. Well, and look, it's happened. It's happened. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, growing old together and, and being at peace and having kids and grandkids that are comfortable with us and want to hang out with us and or at least come home. And I don't know. I just so that's been very, very helpful. So when you go through a hard patch, you go, don't forget, resolve this in the way that is most likely to create peace and joy and love and respect and harmony and contentment, you know, in the longer term. I, I think sometimes people get caught up in, in a moment and say and do things that seem to make sense in the moment, but don't, that bear bitter yeah. fruit in the longer term. Yeah. So for whatever reason, I've just always had this ability, like, is this really going to matter? How I handle this is going to matter. But winning or losing this argument, getting this result or that result, is it really going to matter? And usually the answer is no. 
but treating each other with respect and grace and, and tenderness and forgiveness, that matters. So that's kind of my answer. Yeah. So good. To say it in a few words. Give us the sound bite. Keeping the big picture, like just having a clear picture of what you want, what you're going after, yeah. and keeping that picture at the forefront and then making choices that align with that. Is that fair to say? Yes. Thank you. Thank you, editor. Yes. There you go. <laughs> I, I would say we did that really well. I think ultimately what we learned to do was to put each other first which is really hard to mm -hmm. do. It's still hard to do to this day that, you know, if you think it's a one and done, it is not. It is a lifetime occupation to try <laughs> to figure out how to put somebody else's best interests ahead of your own. So on our good days and good years, I think we did that well. I think we what we were really successful at was adaptation. And like I often say, I've been married to at least five men. <laughs> they're all named Neil and they all are bald, but they're five different guys. It, it's just over the years, we've evolved, we've changed. And we've, mm -hmm. and then I think you have to learn how to love that person mm -hmm. in this new season, in this, in it. So I think love is a dynamic thing and a marriage is a dynamic thing. And if you think you get locked in and okay, we got it nailed now, mm -hmm. this is what you mm -hmm. do and this is what I do and this is how we handle this and this is our, you know, three point plan when we have an <laughs> argument. And those are all helpful tools, but I think. Marriage is way more dynamic than that. And yeah. I think constantly adapting and constantly changing, yeah. it's what keeps it interesting for one thing, but I also think it's what allows you to grow and not get locked in. So I think we've been really good at that. That's awesome. And you used quite a few words. I did. I know. Contagious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm rubbing off on her. There you go. <laughs> it's bound to happen after uh, 40 it does, years. doesn't it? You rub off on each other. And yeah. I will say, and I'm so glad you asked for the successful question, because I will honestly say that it does seem like God uses all of our failures way more than he uses the things we've done well. And so that's why we end up talking about some of the things we've messed up and learned from, because it's more helpful to people. Yeah. <laughs> it normalizes all of that, like you said, and also gives people hope like, oh man, okay, we're right there. So look, they, they got out of this. Yeah. So I think it's hopeful that way, but it is a pleasure to talk about things we've done well. And we almost never get asked this question. So I'm going to add one more thing. Sure. Yeah, good. I think we added, we did this two career thing really well, which doesn't mean to say we didn't have a season where we, we lost each other. We got overwhelmed by busyness. Uh, we disconnected emotionally. We got way too over-involved in our children's lives at the expense of our marriage. Like there was a season there, two to three years, where we lost our way. So I want to be honest about that. But for the bulk of our marriage, our 44-year marriage, we both worked outside the home. And I feel like the vast majority of those years, we, we've done well. And one of the things we did well, I think, was staying in really good communication with each other, uh, really respecting each other's gifts and abilities and honoring those. So like celebrating when Neil got to do something exciting in his work. And, and then the other thing I would say was not getting too locked into here's how we do things because as jobs and careers would evolve one of us would have a more stressful season at some point the other person would pick up the slack at home and i think that sort of constantly being willing to adapt and change really served us well because if we kind of locked into the beginning okay so this is your job you're going to do the meals and i'm going to look after the car and 
I don't know why I'm talking like that. But anyway, <laughs> if we kind of locked into this is how we do things, I think, man, we would have always had tension. Like, why didn't the laundry get done? Or why didn't the, you know, whereas we just, okay, the laundry needs to be done. So let's do it. And I think what I've treasured about Neil, and I'm so grateful, is that he never made my career feel like it was less than his. Mm. Uh, he always treated my career as equally important and a calling on my life, not just a job, but a calling on my life. And that's hard to do because he was in Christian ministry. So mm -hmm. that's, you know, elevated way up higher, but she never treated it that way. And I never felt that way. And you helped me see my job and my career as a calling God's wow. calling on my life to be mm -hmm. in the media. And anyway, the, way too many words from me. No, <laughs> no, that's that was good. great. So I want to tap in to a little bit of that and really lean on the how. The, the how to like, so we can talk that we were able to communicate that Neil didn't uh, think of my job as lesser, but we saw it as ministry. How <laughs> were there conversations? And, and if there was conversations, what did that look like? You talked about adapting and changing. And this sounds like really a heart attitude as, as you are facing life, there's this heart attitude that the two of you seem to be able to have carried through. I just wonder, could you bring us into that a little bit? I'll try. And and it's impossible for us to talk about our lives individually or as a couple without talking about uh, the power of Jesus Christ in our life. Mm -hmm. And um, 100%. it goes, it, so it starts really deep. So like my fundamental rock solid, unshakable theology is God created humankind in his image, male and female, he created them. So I am married to a daughter of God. She's married to a son of God, tarnished as we might be by, by sin. You know, that image is indelibly put on us by our creator, by God. And so, you know, when how I interact with her, like God is my father-in-law. We borrowed that from Gary Thomas, right? This isn't us. But I mean, think about it. I'm married to Cheryl. God's my father-in-law. How can I not treat her with respect? How can I not look at her and go, you know, those gifts she's got, those impulses she has to create, to 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 do this, that, and, and her me, this mm -hmm. is a two-way street. I mean, how can you not see that as, as a gift of God? So we do. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't have to have hard conversations about when, when time and money and energy are limited, how are you going to spend them? But then these become stewardship questions, not power questions. I would say one of the dividing lines for us is when couples come to us with whatever it is they want to sort out, some point of pain, if they come to us with, can you help us work this out? They're going to be okay. If they come to us with a position of power, can you help me get authority over her? Can you help me get authority over him? When they come with a power orientation, first of all, it's not Christ who became humble and served us all. But that's just a real watershed. And, and so we believe this theologically, that the image of God is on both of us, that our lives are a stewardship. And if we choose to be married, I'm part of Cheryl's stewardship of her life and gifts. And she's part of my stewardship of life and gifts. So how do I make her? into the beautiful person God imagines? How does she make me into the beautiful person God imagines? You know what I'm saying? So that's a very, very deep thing. And I know that's theological and conceptual, and you might want to get more practical. I will get practical. Cheryl will get more practical. But, you know, it starts there. And, you know, without that deep conviction, everything else is just sort of trying to paint by number, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we I agree, Neil. Yeah, that's what changes yeah, our lives. Yeah, it changes everything, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. 
But I do want to add some practical things because I do think that's important. I think we implemented, we call it a marriage meeting now. That's when, what we teach mm -hmm. and, and help people kind of do that. We didn't have that term for it, mm -hmm. but weekly we would meet on Sunday evening and mm -hmm. talk through our week, our priorities. How are we going to, how are we going to get this kid there? And how are we going to do this? And just kind of the logistics mm -hmm. of our life. But I also think it helped to keep us coming back to center, you know, coming back to that plumb line, like we want to serve each other. We want to serve God. We want our family to be well and healthy and whole and happy and fun. Fun was a big piece mm -hmm. of our lives. We, mm -hmm. we love to laugh. We want our, wanted our home to be filled with that. So that constantly weekly adjustment, I think was super helpful. I think we, um, we learned to, particularly in the two career thing, we learned to let things go. I'm a bit of a perfectionist and I honestly had mm -hmm. to be willing yeah. to have some things that weren't done. But if you honestly, if you keep that picture, like what are we going after here? Mm -hmm. Is the fact that my floors are dirty or that my house hasn't been dusted for two months, it, is that really going to affect this goal and this vision for our family in the long run? I mean, eventually you can't live in squalor, but you know, <laughs> but if you make your choices according to the plan, I think that really helped. And I had to let a lot of things go as a working mom and and be okay with certain things, not not being up to my standards, you know. So I think that was those two things really, really helped. We had good long conversations with our boys. We wanted them to understand why I was working, why we were both working, that it wasn't just like we need the money we did need the money, but, but there was a bigger piece to that. And that it was a calling on my life to be part of the industry I was in. Mm -hmm. And it was a calling on Neil's life to serve these young people in the Bible college so well. And, and I think that really helped because they had to make sacrifices too. So mm -hmm. we had to make decisions as a family to prioritize and to get the, and, and I think that's the other thing is it's not like you and I were working on things. We included our boys in that so that we all had a picture of what we wanted our family to be like, and we all had a part to play. The boys had to work harder to pick up more responsibility, yep. pick up more chores at home, yep. but it helped them to do that when they got the big picture of what we were going after. Are those practical enough? Super practical and so good, right? So so often we do, we get caught up in this idea of perfectionism um, yeah. and we think everything has to be spotless and perfect and, you know, we, we have that picture in our heads, but maybe shifting our focus to instead of worrying about so much of the house and those, those external things, what about our relational things? Is our yeah. relationship clean and tidy and beautiful it's and good. full of that goodness? Good. Right. Yeah. And then the house stuff. Yeah, it's important, but it's not as important. So um, well said. Oh, yeah. Yeah. and that so. bears fruit for a lifetime. I just it popped in my head earlier in the conversation. So oftentimes as couples and individuals, we try to figure out how we're doing by comparing to others, mm. which is why, again, it's not helpful sometimes in marriage things to tell, talk about all the things you've learned how to do well, <laughs> because I've been to those moments and you usually go home feeling crappy about yourself. And because here's the deal, here's the problem with comparison, is we usually compare our weakness with somebody else's strength. Yeah. So even today, as your listeners are hearing some things maybe that we've sorted out or we've done well, there is the stuff that we haven't done well, right? So don't compare something you struggle with, with something we actually happen to have learned how to do well. 
mm-hmm. um, because it just discourages us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, to take it all to God and, and he wants to redeem it all. And there'll always be things we're better at and things we're worse at because every marriage is so unique. We can tell you that. We've talked to thousands of marriages. While there's some very common principles, everybody's really kind of unique how they live them out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things then maybe we should allude to or, or that we should uh, maybe tap into is maybe some of those imperfections so that way our listeners aren't putting you on a on a pedestal or which we we you have done a lot of things yes. well but you've alluded to that there's been some hard seasons there's been some hard discussions in the family and and you've alluded to as people are listening that there's this potential of like oh well well they did it and so though they've they've always been perfect and we know not to burst anyone's bubble or to hurt your feelings, but uh, <laughs> we're not. You know that. <laughs> That's right. But like, what would then? What would you say? Whether it's the hardest, uh, some people I know our kids. When you ever put the hardest, they get really trapped and like, I don't know what the most hardest or the most important thing. So if it's not the hardest, but what would be? I guess some of those harder things in your marriage that you've had to journey through. Or even also um, what's helped you through those difficulties. And then what's helped you. How you successfully navigated that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'll start. Okay. I think the season of our marriage that was the hardest was when we, that, that season I alluded to where we were both full-time boys, heavily involved in athletics I think I was struggling spiritually. I'll speak for myself. I think you were too, but I'll speak only for myself. I feel like we kind of drifted. We drifted apart from each other. We drifted apart from God. It had been a slow thing. There wasn't anything that triggered it. It has been slow. I think we were both at a very stressful season in our careers and busy season in our lives. And we'd said yes to way too many things. Our Mm -hmm. lives were jam-packed. There was no margin And I think we lost each other in that season, which led to some poor behavior choices on both of our parts. I I distanced myself from Neil emotionally just because I I was just barely getting by. And I think that created a hard, difficult season for you as well. Sure. And and it's always worth getting under the hood and trying to figure out, so why are we the way we are? Because then that can point us in the kind of healing we actually need. So when we look back on this and look under the hood, so... I'm a very, um, I'm a youngest child. I'm a very self-indulgent person. I mean, I've learned discipline in my life because I've had to, but my default is when you're stressed or under pressure, go have fun. So when we're under pressure, and your default, because you're an eldest child and a perfectionist, is buckle down, buckle down and focus even more on Roll the Roll up your sleeves and work harder. So we're in this moment where, again, we made some poor choices about uh, scheduling it's interesting to go, what drives that? And for me, it was like, I wanted to prove to everybody that I could work harder than anybody in the world, right? So anything that came my way, I was going to say yes, and I was going to do it. And, you know, and it didn't really count the cost, you know, so I get overextended. I'm not available to you, you get overextended, you're not available to me. I go to my little pleasure place. And I had uh, been exposed to porn as a young teen, which is unfortunate. Uh, it's very common for a lot of people. So it resurfaces when, uh, because that's right about, I know some people out there, you can't fathom the internet didn't exist, but (laughs) there was a time when the internet didn't exist. And that just tragically just put porn at the fingertips of anybody who had uh, a computer, you know? Yeah. So I indulge uh, a very 
unhealthy part of me at this moment. And so then that comes to light because it always comes to light. And, but even you know, before it came to light, it distanced us. Yeah. It just, it pulled Neil farther and farther and farther apart, even yeah. though I didn't know what it was, yeah. but I, I could tell he was, he, he was distant. We were di more. So I had gone distant for my own reasons, just kind of locked down. Let's get this done. Kind of solve life kind of mentality. And Neil was emotionally distant because yeah. he was hiding things hiding. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, had retreated. And so we just were growing more and more and more distant. So then when the pornography came to light, I actually think that was a, a gift in disguise because it helped us realize, oh, my goodness, mm -hmm. how far have we drifted from not mm -hmm. just from each other, but from our vision for what we want for our lives, a life that honors God and Sorry, that's our little dog back there. <laughs> a life that honors God, that's rich and healthy and and um, whole for our kids. Like we drifted so far from that. So it really, really helped. It sounds terrible to, to say now, but it, that was the most painful season of our marriage. But it probably was the best mid-course correction we've ever had. Mm. So, so true. That was a hard season for us. Absolutely. I would say. We've battled that over busyness thing our entire marriage, mm. uh, but we've learned healthier ways to deal with it. And we've also learned how to spot it coming. Mm -hmm. um, it used to be that we'd have to go over the red line before we're like, oh, okay, that was the red line back there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now we can see the red line in the, in the front of us. Like, okay, we're getting close. Time to make some changes. So I think there's a wisdom that comes with years. To go back to the first thing you said, which is, some of these issues swirl around and you can get better at them every time. I think sometimes we live with an image of life as this long straight line and the incident happens and we move on and we'll never see that incident again. Mm -hmm. But because of who we are, <laughs> I think I carry that with me like a turtle, you know, a shell on his back. So it's going to come up around and around. So I think the growth comes the next time it comes up. Can I react better, more godly? Can I react quicker? Can we minimize the the distance that grows? And I think we've learned how to do that. So, so the temptations come up again and again, but you can get better and better at it. As you want to promise people, because sometimes if you have the linear view and you think you've dealt with it, whether it's your anger or porn or poor decisions about finance, you think, okay, did that. Then the next time it comes up, you go, oh, I'm a failure because I, I already did that. Life's circular. Mm -hmm. I, I tend to feel that it's circular, but the goal is, Am I better? Am I more humble this time? Am I smarter this time? Mm -hmm. Did I react quicker this time? And that's how you get better and better. And I hope that's encouraging to the people that are listening to this podcast, because I think uh, it's pretty easy to yeah, to get discouraged. And, yeah. and I, I think just recognizing that these things will keep coming back around and, and you learn you learn over time to get better. Like this is 44 years of experience uh -huh, talking. So if you're in a season of your life where you feel like, oh, we are so stuck in a in a bad place, I think, yeah, make those mid-course corrections, but you'll get better at it next time it comes around. And, and it's true. You do have to put in some work. You got to do some choices. You got to listen to marriage talk. You got to come to <laughs> you got to come to a, a family life thing or, or there's other great things out there for, that'll build your marriage. You need to do some stuff. Otherwise, next time you circle around, it will be the same thing all over again. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if you keep trying to be better and you keep giving more of your life to Jesus and you get a little more uh, Christ-like, next time the issue pops up, you you will be better. Long answer to a short question. Sorry about that. No, it, it's fantastic. So much wisdom. Mm -hmm. And 
you guys, you're able to express it in such a tangible way. And so yes. thank you yeah. for that. No, this has been so fruitful in our lives as well as I've been sitting here and listening and learning just some of the wisdom that you're passing on. And I think there's so much wisdom. We're going to bring you back. I just, <laughs> we, we've got to bring you back for another show and ask you a few of those trends. You, you alluded to, you know, there, there's principles in life or you've talked to thousands of marriages and there's always differences out there. And so we'd love to bring you back and talk about some of those trends. And so, hey, if, if there are listeners out there next week, we are going to have Neil and Cheryl back again, uh, as long as it works in your schedule uh, for, for you to have awesome. We'll be here. Yeah, we're going to talk about trends, trends that marriages that are doing well, what, what are those trends? And then marriages that maybe are chronically struggling what are some of the trends that you have seen in your 16 years of marriage ministry uh what are some of those trends that you have have and then we are going to ask for one last piece of advice that if you could just give one piece of advice to marriages uh what would that be so we're you know what uh, we just want to encourage our listeners to come back next week uh because we are we're going to have neil and cheryl again but as always, we want to end our podcast with a few questions for our listeners to process. And so here are a few questions that we have from our conversation with Neil and Cheryl. The first one would just be, what is your image of the days of head, ahead in your marriage? And what does it look like to bring others in to that conversation? And the last question for us all to process is, how does seeing your spouse as a child of God, as your father-in-law, change your thinking? We just want to thank, again, Neil and Cheryl for being part of Marriage Talk with us. We want to thank our listeners. And I want to end with this last line. As Neil said, life's an adventure to live, not a problem to be solved. Thanks for tuning in this week. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.